Without one plea, except that the blood was shed for us. We come by the blood of the Lamb, and we ask, O oh Lord, that we will be made worthy of your presence today. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I present myself, O oh Lord, use these slips of clay. Speak to your people the way they will understand. Amen. Grant that by the end of this day, O oh Lord, not one soul will leave this place untouched. Amen. But our lives, O oh Lord, will be transformed for the better. Amen. Your name will be glorified. Amen. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you, Jesus. For we prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank my sister very much for this privilege to minister to you. I've never worshipped in this chapel before, so I'm very, very excited to be here today. As she said, I have had a long history with chapel, with the church. We call it at the University of Uyo, the church on campus. Praise the Lord. Uh, why we decided to give it that name, you know, because when I became chairman of chapel, I realized that there were too many interests, too many fellowships, 
too many people, small, small chiefdoms and kingdoms on campus. And we told ourselves that there is only one church, the church of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. By whatever denomination you are called or known, we all belong to that one church. And so we said ours was the church on campus. So it didn't matter what denomination you belong to, you belong to the church. Praise the Lord. And I believe that this is the church on campus here. Amen. Amen. I'd like to thank you very much for inviting me. As she said, I'm very, very sorry. I thought that service was to start at 9. And so I thought that if I came any time between 9.30 and 10, it would be perfectly in order. Except that I was called at about 8.20 to be told that church was already on. And I said, what? Why did you do that to me? I'm very sorry for keeping you waiting. It's not in my character at all. Praise the Lord. I'd like to thank the education students in particular who thought of inviting me and the chapel for accepting that I should come. I'm told that today is the grand finale of their week and they came to say thank you to God. How fitting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalms 34, beginning at verse 1, will read just four verses. Psalms 34, 1 to 4. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen. 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 I like to see you smile. Praise the Lord. I like to see you smile. I'm happy that this is called Chapel of Praise. And the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord when? Please respond to me. I will bless the Lord when? At all times. Would you like to say that with the psalmist? Welcome, sir. Good to see you. Would you like to say that with the psalmist? So let's say it together. I will bless the Lord at all times. Let's say it again. Say it a third time. I will bless the Lord at all times. No, it's a very dangerous thing you just said. Sorry that I cornered you into saying it without explaining first. When you say, I will bless the Lord at all times, 
It does not admit of circumstances. It doesn't say I will bless the Lord when all goes well. I will bless the Lord when I feel happy and good. I will bless the Lord when I'm healthy. I will bless the Lord when everything around me is fine. No, it says I will bless the Lord at all times. So even when I'm sick, what will I do? When I'm not very rich, what will I do? Even when I fail my exams. But please don't fail. As a parent, I know how it feels to be told that my son failed. So please, don't fail. But even if you did, I will bless the Lord at all times. Even when I lose a loved one, I will bless the Lord at all times. It's easier said than done. Five years ago, I was told my immediate younger brother just died. And I was called out of service like this. You know, I usually don't respond to my phones when I'm in church. But this one number kept calling and calling and calling and calling and calling. And I felt there must be something about this call. So I stepped out and I said, what's the matter, young man? And he said, um, Barrister just uh, had an accident. And um, I said, so how is he? Mm, uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it. I said, what are you saying? Are you saying he's dead? He said, yes. And I kept quiet for one minute. And I found that all I could say was, Jesus is Lord. Praise the Lord. All I could say was what? Jesus is Lord. And as long as I ran around to bury him, time I needed to say anything, all I found myself saying was, Jesus is Lord. Because I told myself, if I said more things than that, I might say the wrong thing. So to say I will bless the Lord at all times is a very difficult thing to do. But it is a good place to find yourself. It's a good attitude to imbibe. It's a good decision to make. It's a good conduct to hold yourself by. Today I am told, the educational students came to say thank you to God. And I ask you, what if the week had not gone the way you planned? Would you still have said thank you? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is good to praise God when he has answered your prayer. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So when God answers your prayers, it is good to say thank you. It is good to do what? Say thank you. Many of us are so ungrateful for the everyday things that God does that we forget to thank him. You know, you just go to sleep and you wake up in the morning and you go to sleep again in the evening and you wake up the following morning. It looks so natural and so ordinary, right? Right? But there are very many people who went to sleep last night and didn't wake up this morning. 
And somebody would be told, that man you saw yesterday is dead. He said, no, 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 you, you must be joking. I spoke with him at 11 p.m. Yes. And by 12 midnight, he was gone. So even when it looks so ordinary, it is worth thanking God for. Praise the Lord. Again, a few years ago, my last brother was so sick. They said he had a tumor that was causing pressure, and for two days, the young man could not urinate. And I watched this 19-year-old boy suffer simply because he couldn't urinate. And you know, you go to urinate, it looks so ordinary, right? It looks so ordinary. Until you can't urinate for two days, then you will know that it is not ordinary at all. Until we rushed him to the hospital and they helped him to pass urine. And then I learned to thank God for the ability to go to the toilet. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I will bless the Lord at all times. When great things happen, it is easy to thank God. When wonderful things happen, when you just had a miracle, you don't need telling. You will praise the Lord almost involuntarily. It will come naturally. But when the ordinary things happen, what is our attitude? We take it for granted. That you can breathe in and out looks so simple, right? Can you hold your breath for one minute? One minute. Only one minute. Many of you are struggling with 15 seconds. 30 seconds is a problem. Very few will make the one minute. And now you've been breathing in and out since you were born. A very rich man got sick. So sick he needed hospitalization. And he needed oxygen, artificial oxygen in the hospital. It is easy to understand in these days of COVID-19. And they gave him that, put him on oxygen, and by the following day, he was very well. And they charged him some huge sum of money. And the man started crying. And the doctor felt embarrassed that this old man was crying. He said, sir, um, we're sorry, but that's the bill. Uh, the, the more the doctor tried to pacify him, the more the old man cried. And the doctor said, sir, you, if you can't pay it all at once, you can pay it by installments. And the man cried the more. And when he could hold himself, he said, doctor, it's not that the amount is too large. I can pay it. But you gave me oxygen for a few hours and you are charging me this much. I have lived for more than 60 years and God has given me oxygen since I was born. I was just asking myself, how much do I owe God? If you've lived for 20 years, just imagine that God has supplied oxygen for 20 years, non-stop. He didn't even seize it for one minute. It just kept going. 
And for us, it is so ordinary, we don't remember to say thank you. Have you ever been very thirsty and you didn't have water to drink? No, it happened to me once. I was so thirsty. I drank Fanta, drank Sprite, drank Coke, drank everything there was to drink. I said, I want water. Water seems to be the most precious of all liquids. Am I right? But it is also the freest of them. And when human beings get involved and they bottle it as they did here, they make us pay heavily for it. But you've been drinking water since you were born for free. Last year, I was down with waist pain. So bad it was that I couldn't walk from my bed to the toilet. For two days, And I have fallen in the past maybe 20, 30 years, as long as I can remember, I shave every morning. If by noon I have not shaved, I, it's so itchy that, I mean, I'm just terribly uncomfortable. So imagine me, first day I couldn't get out of bed, so I didn't shave, I didn't have a bath, it was so bad that even to sit up to be able to eat, I cried like a baby. I watched my wife look so helpless, and it was terrible. Started on Monday. I went through Monday, went through Tuesday. And by Tuesday night, I couldn't help it anymore. At about 11, I said, no, however terrible this pain is, I must get to the bathroom. I got up, and I didn't need anybody to advise me to go back because I couldn't take one step. The pain was simply too much. So I collapsed back, and my wife watched me, helpless, like I have never been before. And she had a Zoom meeting. She was late. By the time she got to that meeting at about 11, 30, 12, people from all over the world, they just saw her face and said, hey, what's wrong with you? You're not looking normal. And she couldn't hold back. She said, my husband, he's been so sick, he can't get out of bed for two days. And the meeting suddenly broke into prayer. And all those women together cried like one for me. Two hours later, I said, let me try it again. And I got up. It was painful, but I found I could tolerate the pain. I took a few steps towards the toilet. I found I could walk. So I managed to get into the bathroom. I said I must shave, first thing. I did it. It was a lot of trouble standing up for three minutes. 
but I managed and shaved. When I finished shaving, used the toilet, and I said, but I can have a bath. And I went for a bath. At about 1.30, my wife heard water running in the bathroom. She was in another room. And she came to the door and called out to me, and I answered, are you the one in the bathroom? I said, yes. And she just broke into praise and thanksgiving. I said, how did it happen? I said, I don't know how, but I just got up and I found I could tolerate the pain. So I came to the bathroom. I'm just trying to tell you the story. That when you take your bath every morning, it seems so ordinary. Nothing special. Until you can't have it for two days as I couldn't. And then you will realize that for every bath you have, you owe God gratitude. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to talk about how ugly you will smell when you don't have your bath. That's a different story. But the discomfort you feel yourself is enough. Just trying to make us understand that when the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times, you might be asking yourself, what for? There are a thousand and one reasons why you should bless the Lord. Amen. That you can even gather on a Sunday morning like this. Do you know there are people who are dying to gather like this and cannot? Maybe because their government says they cannot. Their society is, is ungovernable. There's no peace anywhere. They can't move freely. Anyway, sometime last year, there was a time we couldn't gather, right? So when you can gather like this, you learn to say, thank you, Lord. Let's not talk about the fact that you started primary school with some people. You know that you were not probably the best in your primary school. Am I correct? You were probably not the best in your secondary school class. Maybe you are not very honest. I was not. Primary school, I was not the best. In fact, I took first only once, and that's the very last exam in primary six. So from primary one, I went nowhere near it, only once. And I said to myself, why this last one? Why don't I have a chance to do it again? It happened only once. Secondary school, oh, so bad. In fact, I almost failed in form three. I almost failed because I was too playful. I didn't understand. I was very young in school. I was the youngest in my class. I played and played. Got to school certificate. I just managed to scrape through. I just managed to have enough to go to school. But the Lord took me from there. From a village that is not on the map. Maybe your own is on the map. Congratulations. But my own village is so small, it's not on the map. It's not known. And he brought me out and took me to university. And then I met with him. Praise the Lord. And suddenly, I who used to struggle realized that I became easily the best in my class. Through first degree, through master's, through PhD, I was easily the best in my class. And I said, how did it happen? 
we'll come back to conclude that story. Praise the Lord. But the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And he says, I cried unto the Lord. He answered me. I saw the Lord, he answered me. So when God answers your prayers, as he did over your week, as he did over your admission, as he did over your last examination, as he did over your health when last you were sick, as he did over your food when last you didn't have a meal, praise the Lord. Bless his name. But you know, there is a step better than just blessing his name when he answers your prayers. Amen? I want to take you through three steps and we will close. The first one is being grateful to him for everything that happens around you. Especially when he answers your prayers. When you call upon him. It's not everyone that called on the Lord that had the answer they expected. Amen. Some people holier than you called on the Lord and they didn't get the answer they expected. In December, we lost a very good brother and friend. Very young man, just 56. And we cried unto the Lord for one month before he died and he still died. A professor of surgery. Very intelligent very committed there's nothing you want to be that that young man wasn't either in your profession or in your work with God and we called on the name of the Lord nationally and the man still died so God didn't answer your prayer because you deserved it or you had a right to it he chose to praise the Lord he simply chose to. So, learning to praise his name when he answers our prayers is step number one. Very good step. But that's, for me, still elementary. Second step is to learn to depend on him. Praise the Lord. To realize that what you do, you are not doing because of who you are. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. 1 Corinthians 15. So the psalmist learned to call on the name of the Lord. It's a sign that you depend on him. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12, I think, Hannah says, by strength shall no man prevail. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Commit your way to him and he will do what? Direct your path. So step number two, beyond just praising God for the good things he has done for you, is to learn to depend on him. To do what? to depend on him. To say to him I have no life outside of you. To say to him you are all that I need. To say to him I depend on you daily for direction. You don't make any plans for the future without him. You don't decide what program you want to study without him. 
You don't decide who you want to marry without him. You don't decide what job you want to take without him. You don't decide where you want to go or what you don't want to do without him. To depend wholly on him. Step number two. And I will ask you, if you have learned to begin to thank God for everything, to progress to that second step. To do what? To depend on him. Amen. James chapter 4 verse 8 says that God resists the humble, sorry, the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Amen. When we learn to depend on him, he gives us more grace to do more things, to become what we dream of. When you don't say, I, I did this by my strength, I'll ask you to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and learn the example of this young king, Uzziah, who became king at 16. And the Bible says that God helped him. But when he became strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction because he thought that his own arm had done this for him. It is wise to learn to depend on him. Amen. To say that without him we can do nothing. To say that my strength is in the Lord and the joy of the Lord is my strength. As Nehemiah said, praise the Lord. So beyond being grateful to God for all that he does, I love you to progress to step number two, to depend on him. Many of us are fortunate to have wealthy parents or wealthy uncles or aunties, relatives and stuff like that. But you know, if you think that your life consists in what your uncles and aunties and parents can do for you, you are in for trouble. Because very soon, they may not be there anymore. Praise the Lord. I'm not cursing you, but that's the truth. That's the truth. Very soon, they won't be there. You know, I, I, I derive some, I don't know, manic pleasure talking to my children, each time I want to warn them that a day will come when you come home and not find me. They react the way I reacted when my father tried to warn me. You know, so no, no, daddy, don't, don't, don't talk about that. Don't talk about where are you going to. I said, one day you will come and not find me. I'll be gone. You know, my father tried to warn me like that. And I said, no, 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 Papa, don't talk like that. We didn't used to call Daddy. We used to call Papa in those days. I said, Papa, don't talk like that. I was so blind, so blind. The man seemed to have seen. My father was a man of God. I believe that God had told him that his time was up. He was on his sick bed. And he said, son, just in case, I don't know the next what happens in case I don't get out of here don't let anybody tell you that I was owing him any person who tells you that I owed him tell him he's a thief he's a liar I'm not owing anybody the only money I have in my possession that is not mine is the dowry that was paid for your cousin and it is tied in a black waterproof in the drum in my bedroom 
take it and give it to them when they ask. Any other thing is a lie. I didn't understand. I said, okay, Papa, I need to go now. Can you have uh, some of this money? He said, mm, I'm not sure I need it. Give it to your mother. I still didn't understand. The man tried to talk again. I shut him down. And I said, okay, I'll come back and see you on the 1st of May. This was April 20-something. I can't remember the date. May 1 is a holiday. I'll come back and see you. And the man waited for me on the first. I didn't come. On the second, he died. When I was told he had died, I said, it was then I began to see and understand all the warnings he was trying to give me, and I was too blind to see. Why am I telling you my story? So that you will know that unless you learn to depend on God, who never dies? You're depending on some human being, no matter how wonderful he has been, you might be disappointed very soon. But I pray that God will still give you some more time. Amen. Amen. Are we saying that you should disrespect your parents and uncles and disregard them? No, 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 no. They are wonderful. In fact, if my own children did that, I would flog them if I can. Except that nowadays, I'm afraid to try. Because if I, I try to flog them, they might fight me. They are men and women now. Praise the Lord. Anyway, they are not bad boys and girls. Don't misunderstand. They have never lifted their hand or even their voice against me. They never talk back at me. They are wonderful people. But I'm just trying to be very, very pragmatic. To say that unless we learn to depend on God, who is our eternal source, disappointment is not far from the corner. I saw recently in the social media, somebody says, don't depend too much on any human being because even your own shadow leaves you when it is dark. So don't depend on anybody. You can only depend on God. He's unchanging, he's unfailing. He never lost a battle. He never gives up on anyone. He loves to the very end. He is worth your trust. You can depend on him. So I recommend that first of all, you learn to be grateful to him for all he's done. And the second step, that you learn to depend on him. Amen. Amen. Third step, so we can round off, is to learn to walk with him. What? To learn to do what? Walk with him. Exodus chapter 33. I found an interesting story. Beginning at verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it. And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, and the Amorites, and the Hittites, 
and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. Please take note of verse 3. Go up to where? A land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in your mists. Now, the opening of the verse sounds like wonderful news, isn't it? If somebody told you, go to a land flowing with milk and honey, I can imagine you smile from ear to ear. Am I right? Are you still here? Okay. But he ends the verse by saying, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way. For you are a stiff-necked people. Verse 4. And when the people heard this bad news. What was the bad news? Can I hear you? What was the bad news? Take it again. God said, I will not go with you. And the people called it what? Bad news. Step number three I said for you today, and we will close, is to learn to go with God. And here was a people that were told, God said to them, I will not go with you. I will send my angel to go with you. But I won't come myself. And the people called it bad news. Brethren, my friends, any day God says, I'm not coming with you, please call it what? Oh, no, you are not awake. Call it what? Bad news. And how did they respond to the news? They mourned. And no one put on his ornaments. It was a sad day for them. Because God said, I am not coming with you. Now, I don't know how many of us bother to ask ourselves every day whether God is with us. God can be with you at three different levels. Let me attempt to explain. First level is the level of his omnipresence. God is everywhere. So wherever you are, God is there by default because God is everywhere. Are we together? So that is inevitable. That is, you, you can't help that one. So God is there. So some of the things that happened well for you just happened well because God happened to be in the environment. Because he's always there. But it's a second and better level of his being there. When he's there, because of some relationship he had with somebody in your line. How do I know? God said to Isaac when he was in the land of Egypt, he said to him, don't, sorry, when he was with Abimelech, he said, don't go to Egypt, stay here. I am going to, even though it is a year of famine, I'm going to make sure that 
you don't experience the famine. I will do this because of my friend Abraham. Praise the Lord. For some of us, our grandparents, our parents, our uncles have spent hours and days and nights crying to the Lord on our behalf. So all the wonderful things that happened to you, it wasn't because of you at all. It was because of your grandfather. Are you here with me? Left to you, it would have been terrible. But God remembers the offerings, sacrifices, and the tears of your fathers. And he says, for the sake of my son. You yourself have rebelled against God time and again. You've gone your own way and done your own things. But God remembers those people. It could have been your grandmother, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your uncle, some of you, even your siblings, who have found the Lord, or have been found of God, rather, and cry unto him day and night on your behalf. That's why you didn't die that, in that abortion. That's why you didn't get caught when you cheated in that. It's not because you were smart. That's why when those arm robbers came, they did not hurt you. Because God saw the tears of somebody else. So some of us, God has been with us because of somebody. There's a third and best, better level when God is with you because of a personal covenant. Amen. When God is with you because of what? A personal covenant. And he chooses to come in your midst. That's what he was saying to these people. He had a covenant with them. And he says, but I don't want to come with you because you will make me angry and I will kill you. For many of us, we would just have cried. But you see, if you read the rest of the chapter, because we don't have time, we won't bother. But if you start again from verse 12, and you will see how Moses goes to God and pleads with him. And he says, please, if you won't come with us, then don't let us go at all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is where I want us to get to this morning as individuals. In our lives where we say to God, unless you are coming, I'm not going. No matter how wonderful or rosy the opportunities might look like, you first want to ensure that God is coming with you. Amen. Somebody has a wonderful job and he says, unless you sleep with me, you're not getting it. And you are saying, okay, I can do it and repent. God is not coming. Amen. Or somebody says, let us go and kill so we can make money. And you say, well, after that I'll give some heavy tithes. You know, church will be very happy with the money, but God isn't coming. Amen. Or you decide to cheat in exams, and you think that you just get a good grade. After that, you will rejoice and come to church and give thanksgiving. The church will accept the gift, and in fact say wonderful things about you, but God is not coming. Moses said, unless you come with us, then please don't let us go from here. I don't know if you have come to that level in your life where everything about you is dictated by the presence of the Lord. 
whether you measure everything by whether God would be there, would be in it or not. Moses said, unless you come to throw us into the fire, so be it. The God we serve will save us. But if not, don't matter, don't worry, it is settled. We will not worship your idol. And the king got really furious. And he said, multiply, the, hit the fire up seven times. And they did. So bad that even the people that carried them to dump in the fire were caught by the fire and killed. And these three young men, the Bible says, were walking in the fire. Praise the Lord. And the king sees, I think verse 23 or 24, about that. And he says, gentlemen, did we not put three men in the fire? How come I see four men? And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Praise the Lord. Because God was with them, even in the fire. And in verse 26 or 27, the people gathered and saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Amen. When God is with you, the, even fire cannot do it. In Isaiah 43, it says, when you go through the fire, it will not burn you. When you go in through the water, it will not overflow you. Praise the Lord. He says, even if I have to, I will give men's lives for you. Praise the Lord. When you, God is with you, boy, you are too hot to handle. Amen. I give you two personal testimonies and I will close. One was in 1999. My very good friend had just lost his wife in Lagos. And I went to visit him. And having not been in Lagos for a long time, I didn't know there was this one chance bus thing. Are you familiar with that story of one chance in Lagos? I just dropped at Ojota and I wanted to go to Oshodi and this one chance came. And I thought I was so lucky. I hopped in. Two of us. See, when you are, you, you, the devil wants to do harm, he makes you so blind. They said one chance, but two of us entered. How did two people enter one chance? But forget that for a while. As we progressed under the bridge at uh, Maryland, this young man said, uh, gentlemen, we have been uh, hired by federal government to check contraband. And uh, I looked at them. They didn't look like the kind of people that federal government could have retained. And uh, we will just search you. If we find nothing incriminating, we will let you go. And I heard the Lord say to me, I shall deliver you from the fowler. That is in Psalm 91 or so. So I knew that these were thieves. So they said they wanted to search. So, and they, their trick is bring out your money so that you won't uh, accuse us of uh, stealing it. Then they will collect it from you bring out your money. I brought some change I had in my pocket, and they looked at it. It looked too miserable for their liking. They said, put it back. I put it back. 
Now I had put my money between my clothes. So when they said they want to search, I said, let me help you. I picked the clothes that I had my money in. He said, no, 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 I'll do it myself. So I just held on to those ones and handed him the box. He searched and searched and searched. Saw one beautiful Bible in a package, a new Bible I just bought. He was attracted. He went and saw it was Bible. He put it back quickly. And in the end, saw nothing. So he said, pack it back. So I put the things back and zipped up. And uh, then at Anthony, said, jump out. They just slowed down a bit, jump out. We jumped out. Luckily, we didn't fall. And I said to the other gentleman, I said, what is this? Uh, what, 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 what were they looking for? He said, they are robbers now. I said, but they didn't take anything from me. He said, they took all my money. The difference between the man that has God with him and the other one. Praise the Lord. So even when you ride into the midst of the lions, God still brings you out because he is there with you. Amen. Finally, I said two stories. When God is with you, it doesn't mean that everybody will like you. Amen. Everybody won't like you. In fact, they may hate you for that reason. They hated Daniel for it. But when they put him in the lion's den, God spent the night with him in there. Amen. And the king went fasting and praying for him. And came in the morning and said, oh, Daniel, has your God delivered you? And Daniel said, oh, king, live forever. The Lord that I serve shut the mouth of the lions. So they may not like you, but that doesn't make any difference. Many years ago, there was something I thought I needed desperately. And a man who was in a position to recommend that it happen or not recommend said over on my dead body. Why he didn't like me, I don't know. I never bothered to find out. But when I was told that a man had said on my dead body, I just lifted my hand to heaven. I said, Father, you heard him, so shall it be. As I brought my, down my hand, it wasn't long he died. It had to be on his dead body. And I got what I wanted. Now, I sound very wicked, right? You are very kind people. I can see it in your eyes. May the Lord be gracious unto you. Continue to be that kind. If a man says that it will happen only on his dead body, am I the one who said it? He said it. So I just confirmed that, oh Lord, you heard it. So shall it be. And it had to be. So when the Lord is with you and somebody says on my dead body, he just signed his death certificate. He just signed his death warrant. But if you are not, if the Lord is not with you, they can trample on you as they like. They can do whatever they like. Where would you rather be? To have men do what they like with you? or to have them be afraid to touch you because the Lord is with you. Praise the Lord. This morning I invite you to go the whole way. You came to thank God for the good thing he did. Wonderful. But that's only the elementary level. Learning to be appreciative for all he does. You need to go a second step, which is to depend on him, to hand over your life to him.
And the third step, to walk with him all the way. I'd like us to pray. I'd like us to pray. And if you've not handed your life over to Christ before, you are not born again. Please, this is the time. I'd like you to walk up to me here so I can pray with you. You want to get born again so you can start walking with the Lord. So you can be confident that no matter what happens, the Lord is with you. When the storms come, he faces the storms on your behalf. When the enemy arises against you, the Lord bears his teeth against the enemy. The Lord fights your battles. And if a man says, you will see me, he will not see you. He will see God because the Lord is with you. Will you consider it bad news that God is not with you as the children of Israel considered it bad news and as they mourned and mourned that thus far you have tended to go your own way? You want to walk with the Lord for the rest of your life. Please walk up to me here so that I can hold your hand and pray with you. Is there any such person? Don't be shy about it. It's nothing to be shy of. It makes all the difference. It made the difference for me. I was a bright student all along, but I never knew it. I never activated it. It never worked for me until I took this step, until I handed it all over to God, until I began to walk with him. That was when it all fell into place. Is there any such person today who would like to turn over his life completely? You may even have been born again at some point. But that you found that you were not truly walking with the Lord and you want to start walking with him today. You want somebody to agree with you in prayer. Can you come close to me here so that I can pray with you? God bless you. Don't be shy about it. God may have organized this service for your own sake because walking with the Lord makes a difference. When you walk with him, you are invincible. You are indestructible. The enemy can't do anything about it. He may be angry, but that won't change a thing because the Lord fights your battles. He goes out against the enemy on your behalf. He makes things to work out for you. Any other person wants to join these ones? You want to say today, Lord, I want to begin to walk with you every step of the way. I will take no decision without consulting you. I will not do it my own way anymore. I will not depend on my intelligence or upon the relations that I have. I shall look up to you and you alone. Anybody wants to join them? We won't take all time. We have already taken more time than we were supposed to. Please do it quickly. At the count of three, we shall stop. One... Two, you want to join these ones? You better do it now or we shall close. Three, Father, I thank you for these ones. Thank you because for this purpose, Jesus Christ was manifested that he might destroy the works of Satan. Father, I destroy every work of Satan in their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask of you that from today, as they have made up their minds, they will begin to walk with you. Father, let every sin be forgiven them. Let their accounts, O oh Lord, with you be made fresh today. Father, I ask, O oh Lord, that if any force of darkness would want to attack them, you will arise on their behalf. 
Father, we ask that when they go through the waters, it shall not overflow them. When they go through the fire, it shall not burn them. You will even give men's lives on their behalf. Thank you, Father. I have told them what it takes to walk with you. Father, I ask that they will derive these benefits. But please, O oh Lord, teach them to be obedient to you. Because as you said to the Israelites, the only reason you would not want to go with them is that they, in their stubbornness, they will make you angry and you will kill them. These ones will not make you angry. They will not make you angry. They will walk with you in obedience. And Father, I ask, let everyone around them begin to see the difference. Thank you for hearing us. For we prayed in Jesus' name. I thank you for this congregation, O oh Lord. I ask that from today, O oh Lord, this entire congregation will learn what it takes to walk with you. And Father, the world around them will see. You said to Moses, you will chase all the Philistines away. By whatever name they come, Lord, chase every enemy away from this congregation. Establish it to your praise and glory. And let your presence ever be with them. We ask with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, everybody.